0: If we could interview any studio, who would they be? Hello and welcome to Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr.
1: Saw Bridges, bringing you guys episode 70, lucky episode. I don't know why I keep putting lucky behind the 70 now. It's weird.
0: That's okay. You just, you throw the number out and then you throw the lucky in. As long as you don't forget, we don't get chastised. That's that's true. all that matters to us. Uh, If this is your first time joining us, we are a PlayStation-centric podcast. We post to YouTube in video format every Monday at 10 a.m., 12 p.m. C.S.T., and Also, two podcast services at the same time. Uh, If you want to listen to us just in an audio-only format, if you watch us on YouTube and you like what we're doing, consider giving us a subscribe and hitting the little bell notification button let you know uh, when the episode comes out every Monday at those times. Keep you notified. Uh, And of course, we'd like to hear from all of you in the comments what your thoughts are on every topic that we do. We love hearing you. And uh, we also have a Discord in case you want to get a little more impersonal. We have a podcast discussion channel where we can go in-depth with uh, everybody's thoughts. So wherever you feel most comfortable putting them, if you listen to us on podcast services and it happens to be iTunes consider giving us a review helps people find us helps us know what we're doing right and wrong and decide what we want to do from the uh suggestions that we get uh, what we want to implement and what we don't um with that being said Saul, is there anything else you can think of it's a it's a it's a late night for me and Saul I'm going out of town this weekend gonna be a big baller getting to listen to Bill Burr I'm excited you I'm know loving. speaking
1: of Bill Burr I watched like I've watched two of his stand-ups now total dude his podcast is great or whatever oh yeah his standups are not good.
0: <laughs> oh, I disagree. 100%. No, yeah. Like
1: y'all saw about how good he was. Like I, maybe it's just maybe, a maybe lot of politics on the com- in there.
0: Well, meh, maybe he's, he's a real, and there's something to be said about this. Me and blaze are very similar in the, com- like the comedy standpoint. Uh, one of my favorite things about Louis CK and him, but him to a much more degree uh, whenever, you know, is that they have, and even to an extent, Tom Segura, but not quite as much, but definitely uh, Bill Burr. He's got like this self-loathing, Kind of oh no his self loathing stuff world. is good he like, that's hates the, the world like that's
1: that that's the stuff I found the that, m- that make me everyone. laugh the most
0: see the little the- noose
1: thing he was doing in one of like, where he's like the little chain just looked at his noose and he's like what if I just killed myself <laughs> like he's like then I looked in the mirror and my mirror looked the reflection looked back at me and we both laughed and laughed like I'm not saying like he's just like to me. He uh, he's not as good as everybody overhyped him to be. He's not a bad comedian. Maybe that's maybe that's he's again, entertaining. Maybe that's
0: expectations. I found him without anybody telling me a word about okay, him. Okay, see that's probably same what with it was Louis then. C.K. Right? I was just watching TV in like 2007 or eight, and I, it was his bag of dicks joke. Yeah, uh, and I'm not gonna go fully into that. You know, we try and keep this show relatively clean. Uh, but that's a like hilarious joke. And I remember that, right. I was like, I will actively seek this man out.
1: Like Bill Burr, he's a good guy, and mm-hmm. his stuff is like funny and entertaining. It's just not as funny as I was expecting it to be. Like I was expecting to be laughing a Did whole lot. Did you
0: realize lot. that he was the dude who had the little I mean small cameo as one of uh the henchmen and in Breaking you say Breaking bad? bad.
1: Yeah. I pointed that out to Annie. Yeah. It's just weird seeing him with hair because he this man's very weird if you go into the timeline that I have because it's like Well, two, he's
0: had hair but he's also gained and lost weight at Yeah. And points. it's
1: very weird to watch these like a little bit of order because it's of like, this is new, of this is years right like He's years ago, bald. I'm like, okay. So am like okay so This is new, right? He has hair? Nope. Seven years ago.
0: What's going on with his hair? Did you see the one where he's talking about? I think you did the the one where he's talking about the ape. Yes. That uh, joke.
1: The signing with the kitten. Yes. That that was good. That joke is gold. I love that joke. That joke joke was good. See, I was just thinking like Childish Gambino. If y'all have never seen this man do stand-up. Childish Gambino has one of the funniest stand-up acts I've ever seen. And
0: see, here's where we differ. It's not bad.
1: But see, I loved it. But- uh, and,
0: and I'll even say this, I didn't go into him with, with a lot of expectation, but there was a little, I knew about it. Yeah, already, you know? Yeah, go to
1: Auschwitz for children, Home Depot. <laughs> oh man, uh, anyway, this is a gaming podcast. It is, so it is. I thought I would just hit the nail on the head there, I meant to tell you that before.
0: Yeah, so we're recording a little early, just in case you couldn't tell. Uh, this is a Thursday night, so uh, you know. First we, ever, I think we've done it on Thursday. I think you're right, I think we normally manage to do Friday, even if it's going to be right. uh, one of those early episodes. So it's so, all, uh, still... I don't think I've talked to you this week outside of a, the odd text. So what's you been doing? What's you been playing? Octopath
1: Traveler a lot. I finally jumped back into that, thankfully. I may go play. You made it
0: sound like last week you didn't have a lot of time. No, to play no. Yourself. I had like
1: maybe an hour to play uh, over the course of the, the, the week of the episode that we filmed. Um, now I'm like a total of nine hours in, I think, instead of just like four. Uh, and I've picked up almost half the characters.
0: Didn't you have like 20 or 30 hours in the demo?
1: Yes. <laughs> and see, this is another problem that I found is that I'm skipping a lot of cutscenes and introductory chapters because I played them in the demo. Oh, you um Yeah. So yeah. so I'm technically farther, uh, I would think, in terms of hours because I have all that stuff I've skipped because I remember it all fairly well. Um, sure. Other than Octopath Traveler, though, I actually haven't played any Rainbow Six Siege lately, uh, which is kind of different. I kind of try to get my little matches in every now and then. Uh, I've been playing something else instead, and that's Rocket League. I've been playing Rocket League like crazy.
0: And you are playing on... PS4, PS4 right yeah. that's what I thought I remember you saying that uh, what about Hollow Knight did you kind of are you done with it for the time being I'm letting or? myself
1: go through Octopath and then I'm going to go back to Hollow Knight because do you feel like it's I a game you can stuck. do
0: that in because it's a Metroidvania right and yeah, what, oh yeah, yeah. I'm uh, thinking, the, though,
1: where I'm at in the game I know like I'm right outside of pretty much of a boss door and I remember where I need to go because you can mark your map with stuff so oh, yeah, I, I remember you telling me that. So whenever I'm like, uh, pretty much, put the game down. I was like, I mark my map with two pins, and I know exactly where to go next.
0: Okay, because that, what I was going to say is like, you know, Metroidvania. There's uh, Metroidvania tile style games. There's a lot of focus on thinking about places that you've been recently, where it's like, oh, I did. I wasn't able to do something in that area. That right, I not and able going to do. back and how to how much it. is that going to affect you? Yeah,
1: for me, uh, it's all fairly like I know the map really well now uh, in Hollow Knight. Uh, now, something like Axion Burge or even Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I've played that game so many times, and there's still pieces of that game that I don't remember parts of, like the rowboat area, and um, even like the little arena brawler area um, that I kind of I don't have to use a guide for, it, but I get lost in in a way. So like,
0: I guess the way that you were talking, because you know I still haven't played Hollow Knight, I don't have a Switch. The way you were talking made me think that. Hollow Knight was like pretty massive like in terms of the map no oh, no
1: it is it's just I know is, is the map I, I, just
0: more straightforward in, no in I just it's just more fresh that's weird I guess. so like I know because I know. you know sometimes like okay so sometimes I play games that are like this and if I go away from them for like three four weeks I still remember it but not as well as I feel like I should
1: well, and if I happen to have, to have that like if I happen to to have problems uh getting around the map which shouldn't be because i have a lot of map upgrades i'm not going to say too much because i don't know how far Corey has gotten um but uh i, ha- I have a lot of enough enough of the map upgrades that i can look at my map and know where i'm at and where i've been and what i need to go and where i have like beaten these area bosses sure. i'm trying to kind of stay somewhat dark about it but yeah it is traditional the metroidvania where you will get to a certain part in the map and you're like, like Corey did, there's an enemy that you can, uh, early, early game that you cannot beat because you don't have the power yet. So that's actually the entrance to the area you need to get for the rest of the game. And you have to figure out how to get the power to beat him. And that happens a couple of times when you hit with a roadblock, you don't know where to go. Like, um there's a part in the game where it's pitch black and you obviously need something to fix that. You get it a little bit later and you go back. And you can mark your uh, map with pins and stuff as you go. As long as you find each of the maps in the area. There's a guy named... um so the map is Ooh, not calc- something
0: that uncovers as you go across it. It's no. Something that no, you, you have, have to, to buy
1: each area map. And okay. then you have to add pins, or you have to add, add pins. But you can get these uh, badges or pins or whatever they're called that that give you, like, one will tell you where all the benches are, which are bonfires. Okay, yeah, One, yeah, one yeah. will tell you all the vendors and stuff. Gotcha. And then, um...
0: Give you, like, a red X on the map to kind of say where they're at or something
1: like that. So, yeah, and I can't think of the name of the, the map guy now. Cal- like, it's not Calcifer. It's not Lucifer. It's something like that, though. Um, but yeah, other than that, like, that's all I've been playing, really, um... Rocket League and a lot of octopath. What about you?
0: So real real quick just while we were on Hollow Knight, I'm still waiting for the day that, that hopefully comes to PS4 and or. I know it won't happen, but Vita. Um do you feel like I feel like you know my gaming taste enough do you feel like it's something I would like? Cuz I was real hyped for it. Uh it, it seems Cornifer. like it's right up my name. Uh, right up my alley. So I mean, do you think it's something I'd like?
1: Yeah, oh yeah. It's uh it's just the right amount of challenging and um I'm not going to say complex, but there is a lot of variety of Emmy types. You know, it feels like Mega Man 2. Okay.
0: In which okay. you
1: pretty much learn how to play the game and learn the way the game works by playing it. Like... There are things that in Mega Man Two, there are things in a well, lot.
0: That's kind of a weird sentence because I mean that's that's most no, games you, to an extent, but I get what you mean. Yeah, it
1: makes you figure out what to do to get further. <sighs> yeah, um, the game
0: the game forces you to learn it right, to progress right because whereas it has, there's a lot of games that don't do that. well. Mega
1: Man either. Two does it really really well because there are instances where um, Mega Man X Two, I should say not two, just X Two, uh, because every Mega Man game has this to an extent, but it's there are these little obstacles that you happen to do before you get to the actual part which you need to do it. And so it's like, oh, okay, I can I can do this part. And then you get down, and then it's like, how do I get, oh, I just did it. I just do that. Yeah, way.
0: yeah. Guacamelee! is really good about that. I, it's actually one of the most satisfying things about Metroidvanias. Yes. Uh, even though I'll say Guacamelee! was good about it, but it was almost too easy. So it felt good that you knew what you were doing, but it was like, I wish there would have been just a tad more challenge. Two games that I think you should try out that I don't think you've tried out, out of curiosity, I'm just... More than anything, I'm curious if you ever got around to him. Uh, did you ever play Batman: Arkham uh, nope. Origins Blackgate, which was a Metroidvania Batman?
1: That's a PS Vita exclusive, so, isn't
0: it? No, no, it was a uh, it, it was. They even ended up coming out with it on PS4. I'm fairly positive. It may have been PS3. I can't remember, but I think it's PS4, uh, where it's HD. It originally was a 3DS Vita title, and they're really good on handheld. 3DS. Um, So if you want to borrow one of my Vitas and play it, I will gladly let you do that. It's a really cool game. Uh, As for a PS4 game that I think you'd like, just because, you know, there's so many good Metroidvanias coming out lately. I don't know what's going on. It's kind of crazy. I think that you should definitely check out because I don't think you ever did Sundered, right?
1: No, I've been meaning to. Sundered Um, is so
0: good. And everything you just talked about is in that game. Great. Uh, I love... Actually, and I thought I wouldn't like it, uh, because sometimes that becomes an issue, but every time you die, the underworld changes. So it's it's ever persistent as long as you're alive. But if you die, it's it re-random generates and it'll be similar in terms of like the look and feel. So the areas each have a stylistic art to them. So like you know when you're in a certain area, like light changes and the the art pieces you see around it change. Uh, but their order, the ordering will change. And like it, so, it's procedurally generated, but it's done so by blocks. So when you go through the map. Uh, If you die, the map goes all black again to an extent. Besides certain areas, there are certain rooms that just can't change due to, like... The way the
1: game is built. Yeah, because it's
0: specific. It needs to be... Like, a boss room is always going to be in the same spot. Uh, Power-up shrines are going to be in the same spot, if I remember right. Um, So, in that sense, that happens. So, you can always know, like, okay, well, this is a general idea of how I'm going to get back to this boss room. I know where I'm going, but since I've died it's going to change the way I had to get there because the room's going to be different. That's kind of cool. Uh, but I promise it's not annoying because it sound, it's one of those things where depending on what's going on, it sounds like it could be. And I also like that every area has something that goes on where it's like you can't quite get through it if you're not ready yet. You know right. What I mean? And Dead Spells
1: uh, comes out next week too, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited well, I think, for
0: Dead right, Cells. It, no, it's the 7th, I want to say. Okay, that's right. So is that it Chasm that comes out? Chasm no, Chasm comes out on the 31st. Yeah, that's right. That's what um, I keep getting confused with. And Chasm is so good, too. But I'm really... Don't get me wrong. i excited as I am for Chasm. And I'm, I'm more I'm excited, for excited for Dead Cells. On Vita, I'm more excited for Dead Cells. It looks so good. But I'm also excited for uh, Death Gambit.
1: Oh. Uh, I've actually... Uh, I watched a Twitch streamer. His name is Lobos Jr. I've mentioned him before. Uh, he actually got to play a... Uh, I think it was four hours of Death's Gambit. He got to play with developers. I saw.
0: Yeah, and, uh, I didn't watch it, but I saw that he did it. Yeah, I saw and it on Twitter.
1: It's really, really cool. Even the developers at some point they uh, they'll lead him down secret paths. He's like, "You kind of missed something. Go back." And it's like a really, really hard enemy. The what, game looks sick,
0: dude. What's killer about that? That game is made in a program that I actually have game experience in making, which is Game Maker Studio.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say they. Uh, did, I'm not gonna that's spoil. Also
0: what, uh, that's also what. That's uh, also what Hotline Miami was made in.
1: Yes, yeah, and that's a Hotline Miami is a weird game. I want to love it, but the controls on console are so weird. I want to go back and play it on PC. Sure, it feels really weird on a on a controller.
0: I I know I never got around to what I was playing, so I'll be quick about it. Uh, I have been playing just a ridiculous ridiculous amount of Mirror's Mirror's Edge Catalyst. It's one of the games I picked up on the summer sale. Is it good? Ninety nine. I have honestly been so surprised. So the combat leaves some to be desired. I like that it, it. that it tries and somewhat succeeds in trying to mix in the free running idea of the gameplay, so the movement, constant movement idea into the combat, uh, but the combat still feels it's a little clunky sometimes, and you feel like you get into similar rhythms just to try and get people down and out of your way. It's a good, if anything, while the combat's, I don't want to say uninspired. That, that's a, that's a little too under under what I. It's it's more than that, but it's like it mainly serves as a good pace breaker and okay. what's more interesting the, the, the way you choose to go about combat changes the way that it, it affects the pacing because what you can do if you're just trying to get out if you want to beat them all then yeah you can stop and do heavy hits and hit people around and like actually kill them if you want to keep your momentum up and there's a lot of things that work out in the game so one of the mechanics of the game is that there are certain enemies that have guns that can shoot you right so they can shoot you from far <clears throat> uh they I, I get why they did this, though the first game, if I remember right, let you pick up guns. This game doesn't, and the reason is they they wanted everything to feel cohesive, and the guns felt weird in a I don't game know that's if you primarily about that. Could you pick up guns in the first I want to say game? you could, but I want to say it was something kind of like uh, Chronicles of Riddick, where you can only use it for so long before the biometrics would lock you out. Uh, but that's they, they chose to use biometrics in this game, so you can't pick them up at all. They're biometrically uh, linked to the people that are carrying okay. them. Okay. So... Anyway, the ones you can shoot you, you you have this thing called it's like a, a force uh, or a shift force or something. Anyway, so as you're running and you start to do more moves, you get this bar that's beside your health segments that starts to fill up and it's white. And as they shoot you, it'll go away. But the longer you keep running and free flowing without slowing down and stopping, you get like a force field around you that they, where they can't where they're hitting you and they're hurting that bar. But as long as you can keep it up, you can kind of keep yourself from getting damaged. Right. Uh, so if you want to outrun enemies, it's it makes the out it makes the moment-to-moment gameplay a little more interesting when you're trying yeah. to like run them instead of killing them. That sounds really fun. Because there's a light attack that you can continue doing while you're keeping speed up, and it does like special moves to like push them out of your way or push them off of edges and stuff like that. Uh, and then heavy attacks are more for like when you're in an area where you're surrounded and you have to kill them. And it's like... Uh, what I do like about it is uh, the kicks are all directional, so you can hold R- uh, L1, and then like if you want to kick them with your left leg and kick them to the right, then That's you... That's kind of cool. That, that yeah. I like that. And then you can also kick them back, stagger them, shift around to the back, which is like a quick spin thing around. And then you can kick them in the back and there's like upgrade tree that lets you get better at that. Here's what it is. It's a game that kind of, kind of underperformed, even though it had a very vocal group of people that were trying to get it to be made. It sold. Okay. Um, I told Blake because he he didn't realize that it was open world as well. They went to an open world structure with this game, which is interesting, and it's cool because you can choose your own paths even though there's runner vision still, which was in the first game, which highlights the path that you should go, but or a path of least resistance, I should say. But there's cool ways and hidden stuff you can find by going other areas. Uh, But if I would have bought the game new... I would have been I would have been okay with it at sixty dollars if I would have bought it just you know it, but I think I would have been really happy at a forty dollars purchase okay. and that's for the game considering I bought it at six dollars and that's why I took the risk the fact that it's impressed me this much is surprising okay and I'm sure it'll wear on me eventually but currently I'm still really enjoying it one thing I promised World End I would do because I realized I got super tired and we've been doing all these weird things with Grandpa's health and your work schedule we've been doing very late episodes and this is a late episode but it's not one that's Nothing else is keeping us from going anywhere necessarily. So, outside of us being... Tired. Tired. (laughs) But there's nothing that's actually looming. Like, last week we had to get you out to go back. uh, To go to work. And, you know, I've had grandpa stuff coming up. So, uh, I forgot, I guess, to cover my time with Black Ops 3. Oh, yeah. What I want to say is that Black Ops 3 very very much surprised me and I'm kind of going to go it's, it's going to be a very brief thing I don't want to spend too much more time on it because this has been a long opening of the episode but if you've not played Black Ops 3 and you managed to pick it up on the um, PlayStation Plus thing uh, even if you can just catch it on a modest sale I think it's worth a good 20 30 dollars maybe even more at this point if you really think that from what you hear here that it sounds like what you are but first thing I will say the game is just fun I mean and I said that at some point when I was still in the middle of playing it when we talked about what we were playing, but the game has got one of those things where it's just mechanically satisfying it's fun, it's challenging in ways it needs to be challenging. I was playing on veteran uh, so I was it was even more challenging um, so in that sense I mean I really I really enjoyed my time playing the game from just a sheer gameplay perspective. Call of Duty still feels fantastic. And I mean, even though I've had often years of where I'm not big on Call of Duty, I will never deny that they have fantastic shooting mechanics. It's just normally the game around those shooting mechanics isn't as alluring. To right, me. yeah. Um, and
1: that's understandable, too, with the way those games work half the time. Sure.
0: Now, one thing we know is that I've talked on the podcast plenty of times. I actually think the Infinite Warfare was fantastic. I loved it. Played it multiple How times. How was the story compared to Infinite Warfare? Better or worse? So this th- that's what I was going to get into. I think that from a plot of what is actually the overarching plot of what's going on and the events going on, Black Ops 3 is more interesting. And the actual subject matter is kind of crazier and really... I'll get into that. But you don't give a shit about the characters. Excuse the language. Anyway, you don't care about the characters. The game doesn't do much to really...
1: Which in Infinite Warfare you did. Ethan and then
0: Exactly. Uh, and that, that's why I'm saying. So like and I'm not gonna say that Infinite Warfare was perfect, but it's the only time in a Call of Duty game I felt that attached to characters. And I felt like they did they, they spent the time doing everything they needed to do to set the characters up so that when their stories had these certain moments that they felt more impactful. Right. When Ethan had his moment felt impactful. Yes. When Reese had his moment, felt impactful. It was one of those things where everything about the game, even even the modest amount of time that they had Kit Harrington in there, they made me... They, they did enough to flesh him out where I felt like he was not just a one-dimensional villain and he had a little more to him. Now, it's not perfect. Again, he's probably the weakest link of the whole story.
1: Yeah, he definitely was. But
0: that said, I still think the story was fantastic. And I think the pacing of the story was better. Um, and some of that comes with the fact, that, like I said, they, set, they gave the timing to set reasons why you'd care. Uh, and then... I'll get into the gameplay a little bit more about where I think the gameplay differs, but from a story perspective, I cared about the characters more in Infinite Warfare, but it was a slightly safer story. That said, Black Ops Three story is ridiculous. It's my I, I, I hate using the word mind-bending, but it really is something that you have to constantly think about because if you just play it, you'll kind of get what's going on, and you'll still be like, wow, what the hell? That's crazy. This is weird. But if you actually, like, if you really are paying attention and you're trying to piece things together and, and really pay attention, you start being like, whoa, what is going on? And then when you actually start looking into it, if you decide to Google a bit past it, it's funny because I already had my own thoughts where I was paying attention a lot, but not in one particular area that's real easy to miss. And it happens multiple times throughout the games. And I didn't think about it. Me and Worlden were talking about it. And he's like, well, look it up. So I did. And wow. Uh, I don't want to get fully into You're talking about it. 3, right? Yes. At this point. Black Ops 3, did you play the campaign? No. Okay. Did you pick it up on PS Plus? Yeah. You should play the campaign. Is it that good? Okay, dude, so this is no, what I'll there say. Are no, spoilers. Yeah. No, 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 no spoilers. Don't even lead into from, possible spoilers. From a I, am a, a... I am incredibly surprised that of 2015, which was when the game came out, the game that most likely had the more mind-bending... Again, I hate that word, but the The more like what the hell just happened story was surprisingly. I didn't play both, to be fair, but I looked into this, and I'm not the only person that thought this. Metal Gear Solid Five, which is normally Metal Gear Solid, is a story is a game that stories normally make you go, wait, what. And are, you know, a real convoluted and crazy. I'll, I'll be the judge of this. That's why I want you to do it. Yeah. So I can see how how right I am. But other people I've seen actually played both and still said, of the two games, Black Ops 3 surprised me more. So,
1: so Black Ops 3 is crazy enough to compare it to Metal Gear Solid
0: 5. And that enough, that alone is enough to be like, whoa, weird, weird, weird ground for a Call of Duty game, right? Right. Okay, but uh, here's more than this. I, I'm telling you, man, you're going to have to – the fact that a AAA game of Call of Duty stature that didn't ha- that doesn't have like a legacy of doing this like the Metal Gear Solid games, you know, because the, leg- the Metal Gear Solid games built their reputation off of that. Call of Duty didn't. Um, I'll start it tomorrow then. D- yes, before and, I go to work. I-, I guarantee you, just get past the first couple missions because they're a little slow. Uh, in I think terms I of did play the, the story, first couple missions, but just play it. Give I yourself think. the time. Get the first three missions in, and then you'll kind of start being like, "Well, what's going on?" Again, it has what I consider about Horizon, right? My, my biggest weak point for Horizon that I didn't care about the characters very much because they just didn't do a good enough job setting them up, including Aloy. Same thing in this game. I think the weakness and why I don't care about the, definitely the main character is because you're just player. You don't have a name. Your relationships don't really ultimately matter in a lot of ways. You, they write it to where you can be a girl or a boy. Again, not a problem. I, don't, I just don't like character creation because I feel like it does take away some intrinsic value of the writing aspect. I'm gonna download it right now real quick. That way it'll be uh, ready. But you know in games like that's where it's one of those things where I don't like character creation because you know in games where it's like, well there's a weird character trait that makes sense specifically because he's a man. Or even something wilder where it's like, well, it makes sense because he's a man who used to be a woman, right? But you can't do that in a game where you're having to write to where it straddles two different things. And that's why I like the idea of a concrete character. That said, I still think this game's subject matter is great, and it's incredibly sci-fi and weird. Uh, the visual aspects that it does are fantastic. When without saying too much more, I think that, if, if, that even, if you like sci-fi and you like weird ideas about stuff, go check this out. Um, oh, my gosh it's really really cool uh, i i was it's weird that two call of duty games technically in a row surprised me because uh advanced warfare wasn't that great from the story department to no, me I won't. uh but then black ops now they played it in the infinite warfare row. it almost makes me want to be like well was call of duty world war Two story actually good but I'm a, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd and what i liked about both of these games is the sci-fi element that they put into it um they felt Rather, definitely Infinite Warfare. But rather zony and I of course miss Killzone being a consistent release. The dump. store
1: is so bad, dude! I literally typed in Call of Duty Black Ops, and Black Ops Three is the third option for PS4, but it's not even the, it's not even the true it's version. The zombies, and it's not even on here. There's like it's literally on here for PS3. The, the store, man. Okay, let's get into the news. We will take this time to we, go ahead and hop into the news. I reset that so timestamps will be clearer.
0: <laughs> I got you. That makes sense. Uh, Saul, obviously, there's no drop because we're going so early. So hey, you know what? You're Sorry just, about that. Drop to the hop. Yeah, you're just gonna have to do it the old-fashioned way and visit the PlayStation blog and <laughs> look for yourself. All we are is just we we just go. We down are a and carrier of a message. That's right. Uh, we are Paul Revere so to speak. Uh First thing up, and I found this actually pretty interesting, but Ninja Theory revealed that they would be releasing Hellblade for VR, uh, though the PSVR will not be supported, so this will be for Vive and Rift. The devs say that the decision is nothing to do with Microsoft's re- recent acquisition of the studio, but more so because getting the game down to a visual level that could run on the limitations of PSVR would be too big a task for how small the team still is. Uh, you know, reasonable? It is. and I don't think... you know. Here's the thing. For people who are curious about or uh, for people who are like, Oh, it's it's Microsoft's fault. It's It's not not Microsoft's fault. It's Ninja
1: Theory's fault, if anything.
0: Well, and I'm not going to say it's anybody's fault. They're a small team. They got to go where they think it makes the most sense. Right. Well, I'm saying
1: if there's somebody to blame, it would be Ninja Theory. Yeah, they made the decision. And I
0: guarantee, A, the fact that this is happening, this is not something they did quickly and recently. This would have been something that was going on probably before uh, the acquisition from Microsoft. The other thing I want to say is that Minecraft, which I guess is objectively different because Minecraft is huge. And by them not updating Minecraft on PS4, they risk losing a lot of potential money. But... Microsoft didn't do any kind of exclusivity anything with, with Minecraft. So I think that they're smart enough in going, well, this game already existed on PS4. If there was money to be made on PSVR and it was worth getting them to do it, sure. But I also, again, I think the decision was made before Microsoft was even in question.
1: And I've seen a lot of weaker arguments too. Like Skyrim is in VR. Skyrim is literally an eight-year-old game that yeah. doesn't it, is not even impressive not even looking yes compared to what Hellblade and is and also
0: from a gameplay perspective no G- Hellblade's gameplay is way different uh, and it's less forgiving uh, yeah I you think would, you would probably not enjoy it and I think and that was another thing they, they summarized it but some people were like yeah I, I can't imagine playing that game with the limitations like we talked about the limitations of the technology right the PSVR being the cheapest one it's the one that would suffer the most on certain types of games and this is one of them yeah I could actually see this being really cool on even, Rift, even on you know what um, I mean, where you have full 360 right field a camera you have full motion control i mean d- really i could see this being really cool it yeah. almost makes me want to buy a rift but i don't want to spend that much money yeah,
1: yeah that's the thing is that like the quality of hillblade compared to the quality of hillblade vr like you really don't want that like you're gonna play a weaker version
0: well okay and, hey, and different viewpoint right uh, and i'm not even gonna say devil's advocate i'm just gonna say a different viewpoint from from my uh, microsoft's point of view right do they instead just kind of let Ninja Theory do their thing, or do they force Ninja Theory to do a PSVR version so that they don't look bad in that sense, but then the PSVR version will be obviously a lesser product than the other two, and they'll be blamed, and people will be like, Microsoft botched the PlayStation 1 to make it look better elsewhere, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's you, a you lose-lose situation for everybody. Because of the outrage culture that we live in, right. a very small vocal community that exists on, you know, as much as I love Twitter, there, there's, the Twitter mob is a thing, oh, you man, know, we dude. talk about that all the time, so... When you when you deal with that, you don't want to deal with the Reddit mob and the Twitter mob that are going to exist and try and say something bad about the game when it was just them trying to do the best they can do. So, meh. Uh, next thing up, and I actually... I'm skeptic, but excited too because there's two of these coming out this year, but uh, Nickelodeon Kart Racers was announced to be coming this year. The game will feature characters from 12 of the network shows across 24 tracks inspired by those shows. Uh, you can play team-based co-op or local free-for-all multiplayer, so it looks like it's a full suite of a cart-based of a game. Uh, and the game releases on October 23rd. I hope that this is a $40 release. I have a weird inkling that maybe it won't be, but I don't know. This is by the same team that did the ba- uh, the Cartoon Network Battle Crashers, I think, was also which was a $40 or $30 release, so maybe there's hope. Uh, but with this and Sonic uh, Team Racing or whatever coming, there's two good options because the last Sonic Racing game is really good, even though this one's going to be different, not made by the same developer. But again, I love cart racers. There's hope yet. Yeah, we'll see. As long as I can... All I'm looking for in a car racer, i say all the time, what ModNation gave me that nobody else has been able to do besides a Little Big Planet Karting because it's made by the same people is give me a real sense of speed that even Mario Kart at its fastest, 200cc, doesn't match. Right. And I don't feel like... And I, I get it from Mario's standpoint, right, because it's trying to be a more broad game, and that's why I'm a little worried about the Nickelodeon one. It's going to be a game that's aimed at more children, or at least younger people, though there will be nostalgia pulling in from like Tommy Pickles, because he's in it as a baby. These are characters that, of course, people our age are going to love. So they're trying to pull from both. But if they try and keep the game accessible, they're either going to have to go the Mario Kart route of putting different speed tiers, or gimping the game completely and making it too easy. I would rather there be options... But even then, I don't like the fact that in Mario Kart I have to have an option. And even then, it's not as quick as some games give you that real sense. Because Mod Nation was so fun because it's bombastic and quick and, and split-second decisions and pop your shield up. And I love that, but I also get that it it shrinks your potential market. Right. So, um, But, oh well. What do you think about it? Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know you're not as big on kart racing as I am, necessarily. Yeah, I mean, if, if
1: Reptar's a playable character, I might buy it, but... He might lot. be,
0: honestly. I don't know. They've only showed four characters off so far.
1: Yeah, I'm not putting a lot of faith into a, a game like this right now made by these people.
0: <laughs> Dep- depending on the pricing depends on whether I'll pick it up. That's all, that's where I'll stay right now. And then also depending on what the previews look like. I, this is a game that, leave the surprise out of it. These are games that are about being fun. Show me what you can about the game because it's about the way they feel in your hand, not about the mystery and you know, based off of last week's topic. This isn't about... They need to show a game like this off because I need to see what its mechanics and feel look like so that I can say it looks like it would feel good in my hands. So, uh, Hitman is running a contest for skilled players to get their name and likeness included in Hitman 2's future content. Uh, the, per, to participate, pre-order Hitman 2 and download the separate Sniper Assassin mode, which is a free-to-play early access mode thing that they're doing. Uh, create an IOI, which is uh, IO Interactive account, and play the mode on so uh, play the game, the little Sniper Assassin thing on solo mode. In the mode, you can set high scores, and the devs will take the top score for PS4, Xbox, and Steam respectively, and all separately. Uh, once the competition ends on November 6th, and I think that all those winners will be. Um, kind of like they were doing with the high-profile contracts or whatever where you'd kill, like, Gary Busey and stuff. They're doing that. They're going to use your, na- your name and likeness, which is awesome. It's a cool idea, good way to get people invested in, and a good way to get people to go ahead and pre order your game. Yeah. It'd be cooler if you didn't have to pre order the game, but eh, whatever. Yeah. You know, considering they broke off and are kind of trying to be bold on their own, I get it. It's a less, it's a less of a risk if they do it this way, and it's still something that boosts them from a PR perspective. Yeah, because um, it sounds fun. Yeah. Uh, base form Goku and Vegeta are the next additions to the Dragon Ball Fighters roster and Bandai Namco release new trailers showcasing both of them. Uh, you can see, I, I think it's interesting that the game chose that instead of letting you just pick them. Well, instead of, well, there's that, right? But I think it's interesting that the game did it that way. When, even when I played it, I thought that was weird that you don't, I, and I guess it was to differentiate itself from the Tenkaichi series or the Budokan series where you just start off as base mode. Goku can eventually power up and go through. Right. Uh, but maybe that maybe for balancing reasons. Uh, because this is a fighting game and it's it's very competitive. It's actually kicking uh, Street Fighter out of oh, uh, uh, Evo. the Evo, which is yeah. insanity. So when you think about it that way, it was probably the smarter decision. It just looks weird on paper to be like, so now we're getting base Vegeta and Goku. It's cool, though. It just seems really... like these could be skins. Good point, but they're also, because there's movesets, right? Spirit bombs coming into base Goku, stuff like that. Yeah, I guess that's true. Which is a little BS, because Spirit Bomb, depending on how much energy you get, is the most powerful move ever, right? I mean, kind of BS. Anyway, um, next thing up, Drinkbox Studios have finally announced a release date for the highly anticipated sequel, Guacamelee! 2. The game will be out on PS4 and PC on August 21st. Another freaking Metroidvania in this big scoop of late July through August, Metroidvanias. I'm excited. This is the year of Metroidvanias. I don't know how the hell I'm going to play all these. It's going to uh, yeah,
1: it's going to be a, a, a while wait.
0: We'll see. Thankfully, we don't have until September before things really picked up. Pick up, but it's not far. You it's know not, what I mean? and then
1: two months so. or the two months, two weeks before December, we got Divinity Two, yeah. and that's going to get me real good.
0: Yeah, I know you excited about that. Uh, Shadow the Tomb Raider finished development and has gone gold, preparing for its September 14th release. So that excites you. Uh, Means it's on track and, and moving along well, so that's or it's, it's done. So now it's just to the point where it's going to be out and get ready for you to buy. Uh, speaking of Editor Solid 5, earlier it received a new update, which is kind of wild. Uh, adding quiet as a playable character in the FOB online mode, difficulty levels to event FOBs, new weapons to develop, and then general fixes. The last update for this game that wasn't the PS4 Pro patch was like a year ago and added Ocelot to FOB online. So the
1: PS Pro patch was really good too
0: and it's just weird to see them still updating that game, but yeah, I mean, whatever. Cool for them. I mean, maybe they're still trying to do a little bit. I mean, they made enough money off of it to make it worth it, but I wonder if it's more of a like, see, even though Kojima's not here, we're not losing all of our, you know, we still, we'll still support the game. Because I guess if they if they drop support for the game, it would have looked even worse for them. You know what I mean? So
1: yeah. And for those that are watching the podcast, I am not drifting off or falling asleep or being uh, distracted. There is a uh, probably by far the biggest spider I have ever seen in my life under this uh, guitar amp that is to my left. So I am keeping an eye out for my uh, life and well being.
0: Shout out to Saul. Keep my feet up. I hate spiders. <laughs> uh, Dude, I'm telling
1: you, the body was the size of a nickel. That thing is. This thing is huge.
0: Okay. Well. Thanks. I'm going to sleep terribly. Uh, I'm kidding. It's not that big of a deal. I'll kill it one of these days. Unless it's a wolf spider. I'll leave it alone. No,
1: it's, it's not. This ain't a wolf spider, partner. This is black.
0: Ooh. Okay. Anyway, next up 2K president David Ismaer. Ismaer. I could say that wrong. I did, sorry. I recently mentioned... Yeah, like he's listening to the episode. <laughs> recently mentioned the company's interest and intentions of expanding its portfolio with, quote, quality products to delivered to consumers with long engagement, end quote, uh, across existing studios or partnerships. I found this interesting because they talked about, um oh, what is it, FireAxis Studios or whatever, the, the team behind um, Civilization and XCOM, the, mo- the most recent XCOM reboot. Uh, they're going to put another game into their rotation, uh, and, and it sounds like it's going to be a new IP, which is very interesting, uh, because that just sounds like a lot of games be rotating through, which could be good or bad. It could be good for creative refreshing. Right. Uh, but also, you know, the potential, excuse me, of partnerships. Outside of that, the main thing that I thought was funny about this is doesn't this just sound like the weirdest?
1: I'll say it's over here. It's it's You see it. It's like right up against, see it right there?
0: Psh. It ain't that big, so you can call What down. do you mean it's not that big? Yeah, me over here thinking was something crazy. Still need to kill it. <laughs> there, there, it um, goes. there it goes. And hey, if you're one of those people that says don't kill spiders, I'm sorry. I don't like them. They freak me out. They're creepy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's funny that this this sentence just sounds like the oddest sugarcoating of games with services ever. And uh, I, My boy is going behind us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like aiming behind us. This may be a, a time in which...
1: The podcast will have to sit here for a second And while we kill this (laughs) guy, Brett, get a shoe
0: Look, I'm gonna use Kyrie's little Peppa Pig shoe
1: Uh, Look, I'm gonna move real quick And I'm gonna let you kill him, okay?
0: No, I can't reach behind you Just smack him Or just drop it on him, I don't even care
1: I am sorry for those people who may hear this
0: (laughs) This has been a fun episode If I scream (laughs) I hope you do now
1: It's like a little divot in the floor That is not the same spider <laughs> i'm dead serious that is not the same spider <laughs> oh man and you know when so, they I'll, see, so
0: i'll just sit down and when they see you kill one go ahead with your knees i'm gonna When they see you kill one, they get revenge in their eyes. Okay, next up, Fallout 76's beta has been revealed to be starting sometime in October, not long before its November 14th release date. The beta will start small with Bethesda choosing people. Very odd. I don't know why they did this. uh, Choosing people who pre-ordered the game and slowly grow as they get closer to release, which sounds like it's going to get, at its highest point of stress, a little too close to release for them to be able to release in a stable state. Who knows? It's just with Bethesda's... um, long history, I should say, of uh, buggy releases and bad releases. This doesn't look necessarily promising. Uh, Next up, former Evolution Studio staff that was brought into Codemasters upon the closure of the studio in 2016 have unfortunately been hit with massive layoffs after the poor sales of Arcade Racer on Rush uh, with the rest of the team being relegated to a support studio to other Codemasters titles on Rush. uh, Debuted in the 34th spot in the uk before dropping off charts completely all i want to say is best of luck to every single person who is affected by this even the people who are ending up in this Saul, so just come over here
1: it's over here now it's behind you my boy that's a black widow
0: let's do this let's do this Saul. yeah
1: <laughs> you're also a black widow we got, got serious hey you, you handed me the fat ass sandal Okay, get the dude. This Peppa Pig's shoe smells like the dump.
0: Dude, Kyrie's feet smell so bad. Dude, I don't understand. Wait, where'd it go? It's dead. But where did its body go? Stuck on Kyrie's shoe.
1: Uh, Okay, that I'm I'm about ninety nine percent sure that was Black Widow. I think you're right. Regardless, Saul.
0: (laughs) uh, What I thought. Sorry about that. It sucks for for evolution because it really just seems like ever since the first MotorStorm they've not really had a good game in terms of sales. They've all been great. Uh, the first MotorStorm being a PS3 launch title just really did it well. I mean, it just really. I mean, of course, launch titles get extra you know benefits of just being one of the only things you can get, but it was also a technical showpiece for the console coming up, and it was one of those things that was like PS2 definitely couldn't do this. Uh, so that was why it was important to show it off that way. So that game sold real well, but then Pacific Rift and Apocalypse both underperformed, right? Drive Club got delayed countless times and then underperformed uh, from a sales standpoint. Uh, and actually, Drive Club didn't do too well on a review standpoint either. No. It's kind of a mixed bag. Even though it was a like great 6.5, game, I think. I actually really do average. like the game. I want to say it was a 7, maybe even a 7.5, which is still honestly good. I still need um, to get Gran Turismo. Oh, yeah. Gran Turismo's good. Uh, too far. I, though I've not played it near as much as I should have, so don't let me sound like a hypocrite. I love the game. It's just I need to play it more. Um, anyway, I, I, it's one of those things where now you know they They got closed. Uh, Codemasters bottom out, uh, are really just brought them into their, under their umbrella. And they were just, you know, called Codemasters Evo or whatever you want to call. Um, but here's the thing. I was a big proponent of this game. Do you remember when it was, it was announced and I was super excited about it? I know countless people in person and on boards that I've seen. And some people that I talked to that I just know. Uh, from online relationships, who went from being excited about this game, thinking it was going to be a spiritual successor to motorstorm to as soon as the beta came came out and showed that it didn't have a definitive start didn't have a definitive finish it wasn't even truly a racing game you weren't getting in front of you pe- there of each other there was no actual point in being in first, second, there was no position. it was objective based racing, so it was like it was like taking an objective based mode of overwatch and slap right. it onto a racer yeah it's and, like taking
1: splatoon and making and a racing game the
0: problem with that is the game looked great it ran really great it was a technological like oh man the fact that it was able to run on 60 frames per second on both playstation and ps4 pro i mean ps4 and ps4 pro is great uh while the game still looked as good as it did it had a lot of cool stuff going for it but the game just wasn't what everyone wanted and that's not that's not a hit against the studio and it's not even a hit against codemasters though i feel like basically my stance on it and I was going to originally buy it just to help support the studio. But I had to just kind of be like, I'm not, I don't, I, I, it was fun enough to play the beta, but I knew that I didn't want to buy it. And I I was like, I'd just be buying it for it to sit there. I'd like to think that, yes, I have enough money to just waste and support the studio. But at some point I just got to be like, well, it's not what I wanted and it's okay for me to not buy the game. That's exactly what I did. And I know, I think Ryan felt kind of similarly to it. He, and he uh, was talking to one of the head people on the team, but it's one of those things where it's like, The game looks great, and I wish it would have done better for them, but I think it suffered by not having, I think it was a mixture of being too ambitious, while also not being what people wanted from an arcade racer. Yeah,
1: I understand that. And
0: I think that the game would have been much better handled if it was still on Rush, and it still had this gameplay mode, which is on Rush gameplay mode, if that was just a gameplay mode, and there was still traditional racing across these tracks, and there was a real beginning and a real end. And I think that would have game, done the game way, way better. Because all the beta did for me was make me go, I really just want to go back and play MotorStorm on PS3 now. And, I mean, a testament to MotorStorm, because I love the series, and, it, and it's more defined. Now, of course, the, that genre during the PS3 days declined a lot while first-person shooters just came up insanely. And first-person shooters still do real well, but they're also not as third-person third action games are actually far more common now, I feel like, and this isn't based off anything, but when you look at what's coming out, uh, Sony doesn't even have a first-person shooter exclusive anymore, uh, whereas they had two last-gen. Um, so It's one of those things. Sucks for them. I wish them the best. Like everybody who got laid off completely, I hope they find another job quickly. I think that they're talented developers. Um, I guess it's just one of those things where the, the vision of the people who are in the position to make decisions was uh just not what everybody wanted and that sucks for them but uh saw so this looks excite you secure twice will show exclusive gameplay footage during the uh psx sea the southeast asia uh which takes place august 18th and 19th so that's not far from now no uh, i'm and excited we'll see for it. a bigger chunk of gameplay good for them
1: good good i want to hear more of that soundtrack too though
0: yeah and then the last thing, I put it on here because we occasionally use the store on our phones and the apps in general on our phones, but the PlayStation app on Android and iOS received an update letting users customize their cover image and profile color directly from the app and adds landscape support for tablets. I didn't see anything else. There was no other notes on this. have you so, always been
1: able to change your profile picture from the
0: app? That's how I've always picture, done it. It's true, but you couldn't. Oh, that's right. You couldn't change your, your icon
1: image. or whatever. Yeah.
0: Cover image. Yeah. So uh, with that said, who knows? It may make some people's experience on the app a little bit better. So, we got some read mail
1: We do. That's almost midnight already. Let's see here. So, for those that don't know, you can always follow us on Twitter at TriangleSQRD, and every Wednesday and Friday we put up a read mail tweet in which you can ask us questions and we will answer on the show. If for some reason we do not answer your question on the show, do not fret. We do have a read mail episode the first Friday of every month, and we will go over all questions there in case... Uh, we miss you. Uh, since we're going to do three for kind of time stuff and to kind of keep it consistent through every episode. Uh, if you uh, didn't hear yours, you'll hear it on Rita mail for sure. We have Sean Santarude. What are some of your favorite dialogue marks from NPC characters? And then Ryan says, hey, come take a gander. I don't know what that's from, but it sounds familiar.
0: If I'm not mistaken, that is Resident Evil 4, and that is the shopkeeper. I could be very wrong on that. I think you are. Give me a second. You think I'm wrong? Yeah. Let's Let's find out. Because
1: I know he says, um, what are you buying? And then you click on selling. It's like, what are you selling? And then.
0: You know, I think you're right. But let's let's find out here real quick.
1: But, uh, yeah, like, I do remember his a lot. My, my, one of my favorites. Oh, hold on. What,
0: what's the line? We're going to find out what it's from right now.
1: Hey, come take a gander. Um, one of my favorites is uh, Andre in Dark Souls 3. Whenever you uh, get done with this dialogue, he says, Prathe be careful. It's pretty, be careful. And it always, he always seems like he wants you to really be careful. Uh, and he's like, he, this? Andre, uh the blacksmith in Dark Souls three.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Just because, and you know, in one, he says something kind of similar. He's like, no, don't go out and get yourself killed. Uh But I am. It's not that. Okay. I was going to say he's a guy <laughs> from the auto San Andreas, but um that's my favorite. Uh what, I, what about oh. yours, Brett? What is it?
0: Well, no, I guess not. I Ryan, you're going to have to let us know yeah, what Ryan, that's you're from. Gonna tell us. Watch it be from uh, Dragon's Dogma. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me.
1: You know, I actually thought about playing that again, so that it may get Ryan's hopes up a little too high. Uh, but <laughs> what, what is your favorite NPC bark from a, from an uh, a NPC uh, dialogue?
0: Okay, so this is going to sound a little dumb. And it really is a little dumb. But I actually thought that it was one of those things that I was like, I get why this got so far out of hand. Uh, and that was specifically Skyrim arrow to the knee and it's it's one of those things where it gained this weird status but because it's so quotable yeah i mean you know it's, it's one of those things where like i think about it all the time and somebody's like why didn't you do this Be like well i used to be an adventurer like you but then i took an arrow to the knee and it, it, something about it is so encompassing that it's just it's hilarious and it fits every situation
1: yeah and uh I'm a big i, I can't believe quotable. i forgot about uh, oblivion where uh you there! You violated the law. It's that's 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 classic.
0: That is classic. But dude, the, the arrow to the knee thing. I'm a big fan for quotable things, right? The biggest thing stuff sticks with me normally when it's so, it's so ridiculous and weird that it's even there. That it's like, wow, who thought of this line, right? That it's one of those things that just sticks to you, and that's one of my favorite things about comedies too. Some of my favorite comedies, Joe Dirt. All the things I love about Joe Dart is the fact that everything he says that's funny is it's quotable. quotable yeah. It's quotably funny. And it's a big reason I love the uh, 90s Little Rascals movie that they did, because so much of that is uh, whenever they're trying Is to there an of...
1: older Little Rascals movie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I know Little there's a Rascals... show, isn't
0: there? The Little Rascals, man. The old ones, they had multiple movies, and they had a show that- Okay, came... I know that's the show. Like the 30s and 40s. It's super old. Huh. Uh, but, yeah, the one from the 90s is one of my favorite. Yeah. The, whenever um, Buckwheat runs right, uh, up to the phone, he's like, quick, what's no the number for, for nine, nine one, one, one one
1: Yeah, that's a good Boy, movie.
0: I love that movie so much. Um, our so second
1: that, question from Twitter. Uh, we have a third one coming from Facebook, it looks like. But our second question from Twitter is from Shadowist. He says, what are some of your favorite foods while on a long gaming session? Uh, we have answered this question uh, a little bit in the past. Uh, I think,
0: uh, was it that or was it drink? I think I always no, no, said it was drink. No, it was
1: because I said pretzels. That'll make you remember right then and there, I bet. Maybe oh. not. Uh, I like pretzels because they're not greasy, really, and they are delicious. Have some oh, spicy. You can eat them without feeling like you're getting your hands dirty. Right? Ready. Yeah, some spicy Dijon mustard uh, with them to dip them in, and uh, you're good to go. I don't eat while gaming anymore, though.
0: Why are you eating on Dijon's mustard, man?
1: Huh? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> the fact
0: that that it got you in a whole different way.
1: Well, no, I thought you said why are you hating on Dijon mustard? I'm like, what?
0: I said why are you eating on Dijon's mustard?
1: No. But uh, yeah, so I don't really eat anymore. Me and Brett both have a very similar setup in which our PC screen is right next to our game screen. And um, if I'm going to eat, I just kind of pause the game or take a break from the game and then watch YouTube or something. So uh, pretzels, though, are my go-to jam.
0: I don't normally eat while gaming, uh, even though I do a lot of long gaming sessions. Normally, what I used to do all the time, it wasn't eating. Uh, Back when I used to play RuneScape for like 12-hour stints at a time throughout the middle of the night, um, my go-to thing was and it's funny because you know it's but no everybody else is this normal mountain dew mine for the longest time when it was still around when they were doing the second round of the democracy thing was mountain dew uh, Oh lord white uh, out nope no 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 I, and it was funny that the just blue had one it. no it was orange typhoon dude oh my god they still sell that nope they did a temporary run a couple years back and where they brought it back but uh as of right now, it's not been back around. Game Fuel, I love. It's very similar to. Dude, Typhoon. Game Fuel is good. It's Game feel- Fuel, is delicious and I do like my favorite Mountain Dew flavor. That's a common. They never gotten rid of the one that won the first. The uh, uh, pulse or whatever Voltage. it's called. Voltage, yeah, yeah. I love Voltage. Voltage, Voltage is, good. is good. But that said, Typhoon, dude. When they came back with that limited, you can only get it in two liter bottles, and it was like a six month run of it. I drank so much again because it, it already had already been gone at that point for like four years.
1: What was the Mountain Dew that you liked, and I bought a case of it. And I ended up giving you the case.
0: It was the game. It was the game fuel for this year. That's right. Where they did the oh, what was it? It was a non-normal flavor. It was some, yeah. It was it was
1: some kind of weird blue flavor. Yeah,
0: but I liked it. It was good. I know you didn't, but I mean, yeah. don't be me wrong. Normal game fuel is a classic. Oh no, dude! It's yeah, good. it's uh, man. But there's been plenty of good ones, man. The World of Warcraft one that they did, and the blue and the uh, and the orange, yeah, was delicious.
1: Think about the good old Halo Three Days of that that red game fuel, boy. Dude, they changed something in that formula because it was better it was, in Halo Days. No,
0: yep, yep. I did well. Okay, I, I I may agree with you on the flavor side, but here's the thing: that memory is tainted by how every single time that I drank one of the Halo ones, I had to go to the bathroom and poop immediately. After. Okay,
1: yeah, you're weird, dude. But I, no, but I've drank I, I drank a twelve pack do, of those. Do in like you two know days. how
0: many of those I drank afterwards? In terms of when they did the the Warcraft one the next year, and then every year since, I've always done them. And I think it's
1: just in a Halo can and had to get out of. You, <laughs> you can't contain that much Halo. <laughs> At that
0: point in time, I didn't mind Halo, but man. That was just real. I'm telling you, I was like, this is, I don't know if I can keep doing this. We'd skateboard to Walmart and grab one. And I was like, okay, I can't do this because we're going to be held up at the Walmart for a little while. Good days, back when skateboarding all day long was an option. Shout out
1: to Jonah Hill making a good old movie. Right. But, uh, with Atreus. Yeah, with Atreus. <laughs> but uh, why don't you lead us off on our final reader mail question that comes okay, from Facebook? Okay, we're
0: going to do a Facebook one. And let's see. I don't, did he put one in on Wednesday? I don't think he did. What was the ones at the
1: top? I've never seen those before. What, these right
0: there. Yeah, I know, but I was looking to see if there was one from another day and see which one I thought was best. I'm gonna go with Mr. Josh Drago's question, which is: Which video game made you literally
1: cry? Near Automata.
0: Okay, drew a drew some water. No, Didn't cried. Made me cry.
1: No, yeah, made me cry. Um, I was. It was I a happy cry though. Yeah, it n- was not saying it as a bad thing. It was getting well, you, through a
0: happy cry for what the true ending. Yeah. Okay. Because I say. No, if we're, talking, if we're talking about the normal, no, I'm, I'm talking about gonna, the uh, true after everything I
1: had been through and the credits start playing and the song starts playing and then you start you're doing a little mini all, game. First I'm not of all, spoil I'll tell thing. you this.
0: When I said that here's Drew, that's exactly why that damn song. The weight of the world song is so good. And
1: then you're doing a mini game that involves other components of other people. So it it's feels, I'm not spoiling yeah. anything, but and yeah, it feels so it's good powerful. In the moment, and yeah. Then
0: right after that, that scene that comes up from that, well, I was like, this is I was like, I was incredible. I was
1: doing one of those like things like where you're so happy Yet you're so distraught in which like you're laughing but you're crying at the same time <laughs> like
0: <laughs> you're, you're happy crying yeah right but it wasn't
1: uh, necessarily just happy it was happy because I was um I, I liked the adventure I was on but I was cry- sad because of the stuff that happened
0: okay yeah I'm trying to think if if I want to go somewhere else other than this one because but this is one of the examples and I've mentioned it before on the podcast to an extent um and I know that this is a game that has it, obviously it's it's widely loved but there's obviously a lot of people who consider it to be overhyped, and it's The Last of Us. And the reason I'll say that is that the first the first 30 minutes of The Last of Us— I never even, cried at that, e- but I did even, tear up. Even the first time that I played it, the first time I played it, I teared up. Yeah, I and teared I, up and, the second time. And I had a really—I was like, man, I'm surprised that I had as, mo- as much of an emotional response to that as I did, right? Now that I have a daughter, yeah. when I replayed it, I didn't— It's one of those things where it's not—you didn't know a change had happened, Right. But I went to play it and the scene came up and I was like, whoa. Dude. Because dude, I straight balled. Jeff from Rooster Teeth. Like I, cu- I, I couldn't quit. You know, it's like one of those things where yeah. it's like, before it made me well up and I was like, whoa, but I was able to pull myself out of it pretty quickly. That's how I was like, I feel like my dog just died. Dude, Jeff, what the hell? Yeah,
1: Jeff from Rooster Teeth is the same way. There was a Dead Island trailer of like a little girl falling through like, it was, it's a weird trailer. It's It shows you basically how she died and it's a little girl. And, uh, he uh, well, he he could not watch that, and then they tried to get him to do the last of it. And he's like, no, he's like, he's like, F O you guys." He's like, I'm not doing that. And I think he ended up doing it, and like he ended up crying. Well, this, this is he has say, a daughter. Of course,
0: I'm not as bad as that. Like a a, a, tra- a trailer is not going to get me right. Here's the thing: well, a, a short movie, maybe. The, the reason a trailer is not going to get me is because a it's trailer a separation a, from reality. Well, but no, a trailer can't spend, can't put the time in to make you care even about them in a little bit, right? Well, I think... Again, regardless of what you think about the Last of Us, from a number of things, I do think that the intro is a perfect intro. It sets the tone for the entirety of the game. Uh, I, I think that the acting is, is set up right. The way that the the way it starts off kind of mysteriously and and it kind of escalates and it gets really crazy and then it just crescendos and then comes down into what the the game really truly starts at is insanity. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's it's one of those things where I just think that. Because the game put the time in to give you time with Sarah specifically, it made everything about it made that, that much of impactful. a bigger impactful. Yeah, uh, and I think that that's why it gets me. But I want to do a quick shout out because I, I feel like I've Better talked about quick. that one before. It's gonna be very quick. Uh, Kingdom Hearts two. Whenever I don't know what it is about it, that got me the first time. I think I was young and I was like, well, yeah, friends, you know, I because I'm a big I'm really I'm a loyal friend
1: the, where Roxas ends.
0: Where, well, where Roxas ends. But specifically, whenever Sora's talking to Hannah Pence and Olet and he's looking at them, he's like, I don't know why, but I'm really sad to go. Yeah. It's, and he, then a tear rolls out of his eye. And he's like, like, "Is
1: he's like, is this a tear? Is, he's like, why am I crying?
0: Yeah. And dude, I was like, I was like, no. Yeah, that's, that's
1: that's a good one. <laughs>
0: Uh, yeah, I love that one so that's just that's one of those things so there's other games I'm sure I mean there's actually a lot of moments and a lot of games where I'm like I say a lot of games actually games that really really make me want to get to the edge of really welling up and crying are few and far between but that's what makes them so great now uh, I think about it isn't
1: that a is that a plot hole what they're not really there right Cantor,
0: Pence, and Olette, they really exist okay but the the ones that Roxas hung out
1: with Was... were digital okay okay that's right that's right, but they were they were based like, off wait, of real people. Yeah. So here's the thing: because you saw them, in uh, they didn't even know Roxas.
0: But it's also supposed to be one of those unspoken connections of a ties of a heart. Yeah. Right. Is that even though they didn't actually spend any time with Sora, they are with Roxas. They felt a weird connection to Sora that they couldn't understand, and yeah. he felt a weird connection that he because of because of the Roxas. Um, so yeah, Roxas no, is no plot hole there. There's plot holes other spots. like I'm though. tired.
1: This this is another dumb question I answered about like how was he there? I asked like two or three weeks ago. That tired, and literally, I it was a one word answer. and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> but
0: uh time travel it's
1: time the answer,
0: it's the answer to everything uh yeah okay
1: time to move on into our main topic of the show we uh we had our boy Corey, or everybody knows him as crash
0: he uh wanted to
1: ask us he's he wanted us to pick an indie developer and a triple a developer and uh ask them interview questions of what we would interview so me and brett have we we picked a triple a developer and we picked an indie developer and we've decided to uh ask them some questions we want to know so brett why don't we do it this way? Why don't you do your indie? I'll do my indie, then we do your AAA, then my AAA.
0: Okay. Start with the start with the smallers and go from there?
1: Yeah. Brett, who is your indie studio and what are you asking them?
0: So I was bouncing around a lot with this because I do play a lot of indie games that I love. Uh, and, and the way that my brain kind of tried picking it apart is what indie games tend to mean the most to me uh, and for what reason. Uh, and n- maybe not even mean the most to me, right? But which ones linger and for what reason and how would I, like, what about those would interest me if I got a chance to sit down and talk to the developer? So this is one of those things, and, and it's interesting because I'm one of those people that just likes to, I, I like to know the process of things and why certain things worked or didn't work or anything like that. Exactly, that's, so that's this how is, I work. And, and, and even more uh, on a technical side of, uh, it's, I talked about it earlier. So the, the two that I kind of bounce between, and I know which one I'm going to land on, but I'm going to give honorable mention uh, to Thunder Lotus. And that's because... Uh, their their games employ that same style that the Manor Saga has, which is that um, hand-drawn 2D uh, art. Uh, Sundered is beautiful. Yeah, Jotun is beautiful. They are... I mean, there's something about that art style and the way that it animates. It looks so cool. And definitely in Sundered, when you get to a couple of these bosses, they're so grand in scale and so cool the way they look animated and the way that looks in an interactive sense that it's like playing Dragon's Lair, but where you actually have full control of the character in a way that just... I don't know. There's something it that's cool about it. Well. I remember Dragon Lair being one of those things where I was like, this is so cool looking. And I was like, why can't I, why can't I really fully control this? And of course, it's because it's interactive movie, basically. Right. Um, but what I chose to go with, and for one particular reason, and it's more because I think it's it, it's one of those things that's just, it's not really a mystery, but it goes to show you how a rabid fan base can help something. Uh, so the studio I'm going with is Drinkbox Studios. We actually talked about them earlier. Well,
1: Gwakamele, too. too.
0: Guacamelee, amazing. I love that game. Severed? amazing. I love that game. And what's funny about Severed, Guacamelee! makes sense. I already liked Metroidvanias. I still had my my doubts about the game before going into it. I was like, I just don't quite know if this is what I want. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because of the decidedly Mexican aesthetic. And prior to that, I didn't... Maybe it's because I don't feel like I knew anything about it, but I'm glad I played it because A, I like the aesthetic, and it made me, you know... It's one of those things where it's like, I didn't know that I liked Norse mythology as much as I did until God of War gave me a reason to really care, and Hellblade as well. Both of those games gave me a reason to be like, well, there's really cool stuff in this that I've never bothered to check out. This is cool. Um, So that aspect of it. uh, But also the fact that Severed is a game in a genre that I don't think I would have ever thought that I'd like. If you explained to me on paper what Severed is, I don't think I would have said yes. Yeah. And there's something about Severed and... Even more so, the way that they were able to develop it to where it works in a way that's entirely receptive to the console's special, unique features, even though other things have that unique feature. But it felt like it utilized the console in a cool way because, you know, it started off as a Vita exclusive. Um, Wait, did it? I thought it was on phones first. No, it was on Vita first for an entire year. And then it came over to 3DS and Wii U, and now it's on phones. But it took time. I think it was two years after by the time it got to phones. Um, That said, though, where I stand on that is that the, the question, the main question that comes to mind is how much risk did they feel when they were making the internal decision to continue making games for the Vita and specifically for the Vita? Because I even want to say that Guacamelee! started life, and I don't want to say that from an actual wrong is, standpoint. Is
1: Guacamelee! 2 going to be on the Vita?
0: Nope, and it kills me because I played it on Vita and I love it. And that's the thing. Dead Dead Cells, I can get over. I wanted it on Vita, but I. It,
1: but Guacamelee Two is almost at home on the Vita. Well,
0: because it's, Guacamelee Two is going to be an extension of the first game, right? You know, and I didn't play that game on a console. It feels weird to me. I don't, uh, I, I don't know. Honestly,
1: Metrovanias feel weird to me on console, despite that being where I played okay, them first. So
0: yeah, so uh, Guacamelee was released originally as a PS3 and Vita game at the same time, uh, April 2013, and then later came to other consoles. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said. So they they made questions? a conscious decision early on to specifically choose Vita as one of the platforms. Now, their first two games, which was uh, Mutant Blob Attacks and then like uh, Mutant something, some other blob game. Um, excuse me, I'm parched.
1: This is very, probably loud.
0: Maybe so, but I was thirsty. I apologize. Yeah, I can I can do that if you just watched it. Um some people look at me so weird when I do that I'm like that's how I drink water bro they've um, never seen
1: me drink a bottle of water then
0: <laughs> You sip on it
1: no no like I, I don't think you've seen me do it either I just put it in my mouth and I squeeze the bottle until it's gone oh and, like, it's to be like you just slam it on the table no like you're it's gonna like drink, I bro. can drink if I'm really thirsty I can drink an entire bottle of water in, like 20 seconds
0: but anyway, uh, you know, so their first two games were Vita exclusives, at least at first, they eventually may have made their way to something else as well. Uh, but their mutant blobs attack and then mutant blobs from space or something like that. I can't remember what the two games were. I played them early on in the Vita games, uh, because they were PS plus titles. Uh, they were okay. I would have never thought that that developer would have ended up making Guacamelee as amazing as it was, which was surprising. Uh, But obviously they saw enough support from Guacamelee on the Vita and they saw enough support from the Vita on the first two games that they considered the Vita such a valuable platform to them that it made financial sense for them to take a risk making a unique game that utilized a unique feature that wouldn't have been on consoles um, and only put the game on that console. So I guess my question would be, A, what was the inspiration For both the games, like what was the inspiration for moving away from what they had been setting up with these blob games, what's were their first games, what moved you into this area of wanting to make something like Guacamelee and then from there, what led you so much to want to go into an even more uncharted territory in a genre that would probably traditionally not be a genre that would do really well. Was it that they thought the niche was there and the, also the support of the system being hungry for games, that they thought that the, the combination of that would somehow balance it? Or, or was it really just a faith gamble when it came time to, to say, what is this game going to be and where are we putting it? And they were like, yeah. this is going to be this, it's going to utilize the touchscreen in this way, and it's going to be on Vita. Because we've seen enough things that. I just think it was a ballsy move. I think it was also for, for them, I think it garnered them a lot of really goodwill because people saw that they were really actively supporting the Vita at a time severed came at a time when the Vita was already dead by most people's account you know it's PlayStation was done supporting it in a way sales had dropped off Uh, it was you know getting to a point where it was slowing down in the US by a, a decent margin so for it to come out when it did the way it did do so well uh, to a point where they were able to, you know, wait and port it off to other consoles. And of course they're going to do that. That makes the most sense. Take a game that can be used, put it on 3DS. The 3DS can utilize the touch features as well. Um, and then of course, you know, the Wii U could utilize touch uh, features with the gamepad. T- uh, gamepad, And then of course, mobile phones, also a good fit outside of the control mechanism. I don't know how I'd feel about moving without an actual physical input, but, and actually, you know, what's funny, the physical input is one of the few times where I'm like, I could see this actually working really well on the 3DS nub. You know, oh normally, yeah. The, normally the slider, I'm like, eh, this kind of feels weird. Cause there's right. no, there's no tilt dimension to but it. But that could actually be, but easy. that's one of the ones like, that I get there. this. Uh, but I would still miss the right analog stick for turning your character. something. yeah. Eh. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and I think th- that'd be my thing is what made them want to kind of evolve the way they did. And then I would actually find finalize it up with, uh, why Guacamelee 2 instead of another new game because if you look uh severed feels like it's very much in the world of guacamole i don't know that that's been confirmed uh honestly i have no clue
1: yeah they're both uh they kind of play on that kind of like mexican um
0: which i mean the, the drink box is from mexico right so I don't right know well i'm it. trying
1: to think of like what what that style uh, that the style of art is called it's uh but it's that very heavily stylized. It's really cool, cool art.
0: I love the art style. I, I don't know. It's really, I love the way that it looks um, and the way that it ended up working out. But
1: I, I wouldn't doubt if it was in the same universe.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, I don't know. But um, even if it's not in the same universe, the fact that it feels like it, I think it would have been c- cool to see them continue to do that. Of course, obviously, sequels are lucrative in their own way. So I don't know. I wonder if they're still working on something new. I guess that would be the, if I could get back like information that, I couldn't necessarily... Or, you know, at least if they could confirm, are you working on something else outside of Guacamole? Yeah, not, that would be a is good it, one. But are you working on something else? And, and if they could go further...
1: What would it be? Not Standard necessarily different.
0: what is it going to be, but does it fit into a framework of previous titles that you've worked on, or is it another new embarking? Adventure? Yeah. So that's that's my indie one. I think that, that would be a really fun conversation. Sure. Uh, oh, man, the only other... Now, I'm a little regretful for not putting the Terraria developer in, in there, but that's okay. I have more of a reason of a long history of games uh, and game I'm excited for, Quark of 2 coming for a drink box to be a comfortable choice.
1: Right. So mine, kind of fitting for this week, would be Hello Games.
0: You know what? That's a really good answer. Because yeah. Because what are your questions? My que-
1: no, Mainly it's going to be one, and it is how long before the release date of the game did you realize that you would be missing these features? My second question would be, at what point in the development of the game did you go to Sony and ask for a release date extension if you did? Then my third question is going to be in the same ballpark of that is, because there's a conspiracy about this, and I'll ask them, is Sony the reason why you could not get an extension date on the release date? Uh, And... A lot of people think that Sony is the one that forced them to release the game the way it was. And I don't know how true that is. It makes sense in a way, but then it go, but again, it, does it doesn't. doesn't. In a way, right? Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that it could be true. It's one of those things that could be false. Sean Murray's never come out and said either way.
0: Mixed. I think that there's probably a little bit of truth in both, right? I don't think that Sony necessarily came out and said it uh, themselves. I don't think that they were calling like, hey, this game's got to release. Yeah. What I think may have happened is if you remember. Um,
1: they put was, way too much funding into Hello Games for what it was.
0: Well, I, and see, nobody's had a clear cut of how much Sony even helped fund the game. But here's two things that a happened. A lot. Right? I'm going to Well, here's two things that happened. The first thing is the game was originally shown at Gamescom, like 2014, 14, something like that. But the thing is, is that that version of the game that they had already been working on for years was flooded out and lost. The game had to right, be yeah. completely restarted. That was during. 2015, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that. So, or no, it would have been... I, don't, I think it was 13 and then 14 was when the flood happened because the game released in 16, right?
1: No. Are you sure? I thought it released last year. I don't think so. You're not typing it was, anything, are you?
0: Yeah. I want to say it was, yeah, July, hold on, no, no, no. Uh, August 2016. Yeah, that's what I thought. Dang, that game's uh, been out for
1: two years now. Yeah. Um, Where's so, the time gone? Which
0: makes it an even, more, even in, an even better developer to talk to, right? Because this is something that they've been dealing with For upwards of, let's see, does it show the original date that it was announced? Because that is insanity. Yeah, so
1: that game's at this point, is roughly on the five-year span from now. Uh, But yeah, I just really want to know. I really want to know why, or I mean, when they realized in development that it was going to be, uh, the features were not going to be there. I want to know that, because... I feel like Sean Murray would give it to us.
0: December 2013 was when it was first teased at... Uh, okay, so
1: almost five years now to what it was fully teased as and to what we actually get. So um, if you
0: think about that, that's five years of this game and a lot of ups and downs, right? Right. And I'm
1: not... I'm not like For those that don't follow us on Twitter, I'm not harping on them in any way because I like Hello Games. I think that what they're doing with the game is admirable and many, many, many devs that are out there well, right now can take note from that.
0: And this game really put them on the spot. I mean, it really put them on so the I map. I would say
1: Sony really put them on the map.
0: Well, sure, but I mean, but this game did too, right? Right? The, even if it was because Sony pushed it and back and, it and the all funding. these things, when you come, when it comes down to, it, I think if I remember right. Sony also stepped in and gave them a, a bigger source of funding once the flooding happened because they realized that they would they lost a, like you know they lost the majority yeah. of the game they had to restart a lot from scratch. So I think a couple things happened, right? And
1: see, that's that's another reason why I almost agree with the Sony thing is bit because I'm well, curious that, as to but
0: contractually, do you think that's, about, that's that's what that's what it is? Yeah, like unspoken. hey,
1: hey, yeah, like hey, we gave you like you you lost your 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 source file and stuff and your source disk for this game. Here is two hundred thirty thousand dollars to get it fixed, but it has to be out by this date. And I wonder if. Uh, yeah, Sean being point. somewhat timid as he is, you know, you see seen him in interviews. He's very, very, very timid of a person. I don't yeah. know if he would have went to Sony and said, hey, this is not going well. Let's get an extension. I think he would have just did what he could to get it out.
0: Well, and that's why I say, you know, this is a game that put him on the map. Even the announcement of the game put them on the map, right? Because this game is – when when you when I, I remember when I first saw this game. I was yeah. like, whoa. But I, imagine It's all right because I instantly thought of Spore. I, I, but think about this. It's a mixture of, of stress. Yeah. Uh, but also the the hype he's riding of, wow, people are really into this. Maybe my dream is really going to do something big for us. So I think if you think about the fact that they lost stuff, they probably originally intended for have all this, and then they even when they restarted development, they continued to intend for this. And I think towards the end, you know, you asked... And this is just funny because I'm kind of getting, you know, we're giving our own thoughts and answers while we're doing it. But I think that there may be something said of that. Maybe it wasn't completely the ill intent. I think it was, yeah, he probably should have handled communication better. But I think that they were kind of just doing like that wishful thinking where it's like, no, we'll keep saying it and we'll be able to work it out before release. And they, they just didn't realize how yeah. massive of an undertaking that was Which, really when you be. think
1: about it, it's been two years now.
0: Which, to be fair. They could have focused on multiplayer as the first update. But but it made more sense while the game has already had its its negative press. But we don't know that they have it already.
1: This huh? could this could have been something they've been focusing on since the since the release, maybe or before. But think
0: about all the, the ones they've done. I guess they could have released this multiplayer update before releasing the base building and the flight redirection and the way the planet works and low hovering and all these things they did and the uh, base. You know, when, when you did base building, and a the, couple and the of these vehicles. seem like
1: really easy fixes. Now the expansions with like the base building vehicles, no. But the the whole uh, planetary orbital uh, boosting, yeah. Well, like, yeah, but that
0: was that was also tied in the update that let that open stargates.
1: Right, that's so, true too. That's but I mean, yeah, every but, but, but they're putting, all, they're, yeah, well, they're putting, yeah, all these, these uh, little features with big features in the updates. And it, it makes you wonder like, could these little features have just been rolled out individually a couple weeks after release, one by one?
0: Maybe. But I think the other thing is, like I say, I guess my main point is that they were setting the game up, even though it's been two years. Now that the, the multiplayer is there, they had more time to work on it, even if they've been working on it for two years in some capacity. Yeah. I'm sure they have been. And the multiplayer think, it looks like it works really well. I think what it comes down to is that they set the game up in these two years to be better for when multiplayer hits. So that, that way, because think about this way. Even if they added multiplayer to the game, the game still wasn't what people wanted anyway. If all if all they did from launch, think about from launch, if all they did was make it to where you could just do the same thing that you were doing at the, when the game launched, but with a friend, it wouldn't have really been any you, more You haven't fun. started a new
1: game yet, have you? No, Dude, I'm, I'm going to tomorrow. Did you, did you read my Discord thing? I don't think so. How, how much do you want, like, spoilers of the update?
0: Let let me experience it fresh. Okay, because I'm playing it tomorrow.
1: You start a new game. Start a new game.
0: I have so start many updates. A new game. I mean, I have so. You many updates. You need upgrades.
1: to start an update or a new game. It's completely different. I will tell you this little piece of knowledge right here, just to get you a, just a little scope of uh, or two things, really. One, you do not start near your ship now. At all, you have to go find your ship. Two, there is new minerals. The game is not how it used to work. This you need to do an update to figure out how this game works because it's literally that different. There is things that you make that have never been in the game before. And I, they, I, I think
0: I, I'm gonna. I think i to try my luck with my character, dude. I have way too just many. Just clean upgrades. slate. I mean, I, there, you can have multiple files. Just do it. Can you? I didn't think you. Yeah. Could. I Thought
1: to get a new yeah. character, you had to delete your. No, character. no. You have like I have three files right now. One's my very first one. Two is like we'll see. three I or four know, months man. ago. I'm telling you, you have to. Like it's so over. Yeah,
0: yeah, because know, the way man.
1: things work, there are things that you build to get in the game that are like your launch fuel stuff. And now it's completely different stuff than what it was before. Completely. Like all the stuff you have now may not be worth anything. See,
0: but why would they? I just don't think that it has to be true because why would they do that for all the people who've been playing? Pro, pro, pro,
1: I promise you. So every is, player needs you to do, restart? You don't even start out. You don't have to, but like you don't even start out with a visor anymore. You have to craft your own visor. You don't have to fix it. You have to craft it.
0: My, my... I guess what I'm getting at is, that, dude, think about the people who've, who've kept this game up for two years. Well,
1: they're going to have a lot of... Like, I mean, they're probably going to adjust to it, yeah. But I'm just telling you right now, it's easier if we're all going to play together just to start a new character. We'll see. There's stuff called Ferrite, which is like this new rock you have to mine. We'll see. Okay. You could terrain edit. Okay, anyways, that we'll was see. my ending. You
0: could terrain edit already. Terrain editing has been uh, in the no, game since like a year. Yeah, but... A year in.
1: Yeah, but let me tell you.
0: And <laughs> you do it with your gun. Yeah, yeah,
1: it is. No, it's really cool.
0: I haven't actually done it. I forgot yet. to
1: say that I've been playing that game this week. I don't know if I've repeated myself already.
0: You didn't say it, so. Okay. Uh,
1: well, what is your AAA developer know,
0: maybe you did. I think you did. I think I, I did, did just man. like five minutes ago. Maybe but was... I'm
1: telling you, it's almost 1230 and I'm tired.
0: Okay, so AAA. There's a
1: big spider hiding somewhere. <laughs> we killed the little one. He ran up into the house and was like, who is this? Oh, no. And the little one ran out.
0: Okay, so who's my AAA? Yeah, other, your AAA developer.
1: Right and uh, what question you would ask them?
0: Okay, so no surprise to anyone, uh, realistically. The first no surprise to anyone is that I am I can never just give one decisive the, the, the answer. Uh, so if I could, I would like to specifically, they don't exist anymore, but if I could get all the original developers of Cavia together and talk to them about the original Nier and where they really think, what they think really led that game to underperforming so much and if it was more of a, a product of its time. But... My main thing I'm going to go to, uh, and this is where I really mean no surprise to anyone, for a number of reasons, I believe that I would really like to sit down with Ready at Dawn. Uh, and that is the team who developed Daxter on PSP. They developed- Boy, that was the best PSP game. <laughs> They developed the God of War games for PSP that were both phenomenal, really good entries in the God of War series. Kept the heart of what they of what the series was at the time, while also actually adding a little more emotional depth. I feel like into each game and really helped flesh Kratos out as a character um, in good ways. And a, a good again a part of the reason why I don't think that Kratos was necessarily a single note character like a lot of people want to say. Um, they uh, did obviously. Um, the order and that's where my real interest in them would end because deformers wasn't really anything for me i am curious of what they're working on so that would be worked into it as well but i want to really focus on the order and i think i would probably ask a couple of questions about what it's like to work on a series that's already existed and make a game that also it it's funny right the order their first original ip which showed a lot of promise for a lot of people didn't do very well uh, in terms of it sold fine, actually. Uh, it could yeah, have sold better. In terms of not, word of mouth. Yeah, critical reception didn't do fantastic. It was, it was nowhere uh, near good. But then when you think about the PSP, uh, critical reception for God of the, both God of War games were. What was it Chains massive. of Olympus and. Um, and Ghost of Sparta? Ghost of, I can and, never remember and Ghost of Sparta. Daxter, again. Dude, go, I'm, massively I'm, received.
1: Borderline telling you right now, Daxter is top three best no, it's PSP a, it's games It's a
0: fantastic game. It really is. So it's funny, like, what does it. Like, how weird that would be one of my questions how weird was it to take a franchise that was already big to people and uh, create iterations of those so you know Daxter in the Jack and Daxter series and God of War in the respective series for it and and what coming out so on top of that was did it give them a false sense of confidence when going into the order and that's why some of the things went wrong with the order i think the other thing that's i would point. ask him is where do they personally feel like they went wrong with the order because a lot of things that people don't think about and i'm not saying it's completely an excuse and you know the game had problems the order just it had problems i loved it i still think it's a solid 758 uh depending on what you like, I I think that there's an argument to go as low as a six, five. Um, I feel like anything under that starts to get kind of weird territory. Uh, but again, I mean, I, I, the only reviews I really had problems with are the ones that were in the twos and threes. Because I'm like, there's nothing about this game that makes it a two and a three. Just absolutely nothing. I've played worse games that you scored as a seven that had graphical problems, bug problems, incoherent story you know yeah, like, like the jack
1: and daxter collection for psp or psv i mean it should not have been released the way it was oh god yes. that, that so, that's a true two out of ten
0: yeah so you know when you think about things like that it's just it, it, it's one of those things where i try not to do be outraged at anything but that really did upset me because i was like y'all are just crapping over this team that just did this for no reason but so when i get into things that people don't think about when they when thinking about the game is that the game was also developed by a team of about a hundred people, and if you think about what that game was, and a how technically proficient it was when it came out, I mean, literally, it was the best looking game when it came out. I mean, it's, no still, it's still like one of the it's top still ten, a hugely good looking game on the system. And that's what four um, years old now. Yeah, and, and, or, or yeah, twenty. It came out in twenty fifteen. Three years old. So, um, but the, here's here's the thing about the order, right? Uh, when you're when you go into the order, and you think about what they did as a hundred people the game and and actually they've talked about this in an interview and that's why I would really like to ask him the question and get a little more in depth and more context as to exactly what he meant but you get the general sense of what he means in the fact that he talks about the game was almost like night and day difference between the way that other developers and uh, and people who make games viewed it whenever they were playing it and leading up to it and the way that the critical reception was from the games media and that's important because actually at one point in time Uh, early on when the game was getting slammed by these review sites that were giving it two out of 10s and it was very low on Metacritic, the user rating was actually massively higher. The user rating was like a seven, five, or an eight. I don't know what it currently rests at. I think it's kind of balanced itself out as the Metacritic came back up uh, and the user rating came down a little bit. Um, But, you know, if you think about this, they, they talked about how Naughty Dog and a lot of people were actually like just head over heels for the game and the way it played and the way it looked and all these techniques they gave. But these are people who make games and they see more to the game than we do, right? We see this product that's supposed to be engaging and fun and all these different things. They see like, oh, they did this. How did they get these cape physics to do this? How did they get the gun to do this? Um uh, what lighting technique did they use to reflect light this way? Oh, they use these pre-baked uh, reflections to get a maximum look here. They're viewing the game in a very different way than we are. They're looking at it as actual series of code and a bunch of stuff that you're doing. We're seeing it as a finished product. It is different. Now, that said, if you think about this, that game, if you from a technological standpoint, and and really even from a gameplay standpoint in terms of what it was doing with as much with the gameplay that it had and what it was trying to do is on par with the Uncharted series in the way of where it was at in a technical field. Uh, and if you think about that, Naughty Dog is a group of 300 people and this is a small team of a hundred people at most when they were working on the order making a game that no other AAA developer probably would have been able to pull off with that. So I'd say, what are the challenges of making a game this technically proficient, uh, and how much because they spent a long time on the engine? That's what the game was announced with the PlayStation. What was the engine called for that? I don't, I don't even think it had a name because it was okay. a proprietary engine. They developed it; it's their engine. Um, but the game is—I mean, when you look at it, I would say, like you know, are you a, are you? Sad that you've not gotten to use the engine more, and they did use it, I think, on Deformers. It's just obviously they didn't use it to its extent. Yeah, that game was uh, bad. Are they using the engine on this coming up game? Because it's obviously an engine that was. They've confirmed they work on scale. a new game, right? Yes, and it's a triple A. I mean, it's a it's a triple A game. I think it even says a third person game. So we have some kind of idea of what it could be. I'm still hoping that the order is somewhere in the mix here. Uh, they made it sound like it's going to be a new IP, though, so may not be. Uh, but that said, you know. What are all those things leading up to? Like, what were the challenges of a hundred people working on a game that would normally be reserved for a team of you know two hundred people or more? Uh, what was it like working with a team like that? Was it better? Did you have? Did you feel like everybody had a better hold on the game because it was a smaller group of people iterating ideas, and so you had a more tight focus on what was going on? Was that to the detriment of the game? Was that tighter focus actually meaning that you spent too much time on things that, in, in retrospect, you you wouldn't have spent as much time on uh, had you have thought about it? Uh, did you think the game was going to come out as wildly, you know, railed and slammed against it as it was? Uh, did Sony express any worry prior to release that it was going to have that thing? Uh, these are all questions I think would be interesting to say. But then, of course, I'd say, what was the game coming out that way? What effect did it have on the studio's morale? How much did it take them? Because for as much hate as they got, they also got a lot of love. How do they balance that? Like, you know, yeah. did did they? Did they thankfully see as much of the positive as they did the negative and kind of wash them out? What did they learn from it? What did they take away from it? What went wrong in their eyes and in other people's eyes that they could use towards either a sequel if they ever get that ability, or towards their next uh, original IP that they get to develop and how would they move that forward? Um, and I just think that that would be a fun talk because they are obviously people who care greatly about what they did. Of course, most game developers are that way, but. They care massively about that game, and you could tell by all the promotional work they were really into it uh, and you can also tell by just playing the game, but the yeah, detail has got in a the game beautiful beautiful is impressive. world it's, yeah it's a it 's a, a very realized world with a lot of atmosphere and great characters, great voice acting they're characters I want to spend more time with, and that 's why I wanted to see them so that 's my triple a and I think that i would i would actually i would be over the moon to get to go do that I, it'll never happen i really just don't think it but i would I, even if it's 10 years from now i would just still like to talk about it because it's got to be something as long as ru was is still there who's the the creative director for the team and uh a couple of the other people that are bigger up there i would just really like to see what the majority of the team as long as they were the ones that worked on the order how it affected them and even if it was 10 years from now how it affected the way that the studio moved forward and how new employees looked.
1: yeah way. that'd be kind of cool so for so mine um this comes at no surprise, but it would be Luke Smith with uh, Bungie. And I would be mainly kind of trying to figure out what their direction is going to be for Destiny 3. I think just a lot of.
0: Him, out of curiosity? Just,
1: yeah, just Luke Smith. Uh, mainly because he seems to be so well spoken when it comes to problems and resolutions of those problems. But one of my big issues is, is that so many people were hyped up in the letdown for Destiny 2. This game is supposed to have, what, like four more years? three more years of actual time when they said 10-year plan, it's like, well, what are you going to do with these three years? Um, because you can't... You you just really can't come back from what they have with Destiny 2 in aware because it's so negative.
0: So I, I get what you're saying there, but now when you say this game, do you mean Destiny of the Series?
1: Well, yeah, I should say the series. Because yeah, I just
0: want to make sure because you're not, I mean...
1: I'm talking about the series. Yeah, you're like not... Like, what are they going to do to correct the series in the path that has been uh, projected right now? Destiny Yeah. Theory. Hypothetical Destiny 3, um, an end-all, be-all kind of thing like they did in Final Fantasy fourteen, in which there was a meteor and it wiped everything out and it brought everything back. I know that, um, what is it called? The thing that just came out for it. Uh, it's not out yet, but The Forsaken. Forsaken, yeah. I know that that's adding a lot of cool stuff back that I may have to go check out. But uh, just like Activision, it's, of course, year three and uh, or year two bundle or whatever and it's not including the season pass, which is stupid. But yeah, I would want to know like where the direction goes. I will say, though, that Kudos to them because they are actually releasing a really, really cool-looking, uh, very, very cool-looking uh, grimoire book that is literally the grimoire.
0: Oh, actual bound. So yeah, book. it's leather bound and That's it's cool.
1: really cool looking. Um, I may pick that up just to go back and read through the story again. But uh, my my oh, wait, go ahead.
0: Oh, so, sorry, I wasn't trying to interrupt. Uh, I just I I was wanting to say it, but I wanted to let you kind of finish. Um. So I think it's funny that you specifically call out Luke Smith because he wasn't even actually the director for the second game nope. when the second game started development. Yep. He was but part of live team. Yeah. It, it actually happened when the second game basically had to restart development nine months prior to release. Right.
1: And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that. I think a lot of people that, uh, that have qualms of destiny 2 don't realize that there are qualms. were not going to be listened to until live team took over, which is what we're seeing now. Um, was a long time. It, it is. Really is, Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, like, the live no team... It's
0: two years later, so, I mean, yeah. it happens, uh,
1: yeah. And, um, because, and I will say this, like, Destiny 2 was really fun at launch. Like, it was really fun up until probably two months, three months later. Uh, I don't think, uh, going back to it the past month or whatever, whenever they had um, uh, the newest one, whatever it was, I forgot what it was called. Um,
0: Osiris?
1: That, yeah, Curse of Osiris. That was fun, but I never got to do anything in-game stuff on it, and it was fun just to go back and play again. I'll probably will pull, go back and play no, Forsaken.
0: Osiris was the first one. What, well, it? it was. I played both of them. The second one, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, I can't but, either. Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, that should tell you something right there. But, the story was like two hours long from what I played, yeah. and I mean, like, I love this series. The series is really cool. The lore is really, really, really cool, and I want to see it done well. So that would be my question to them: Is that like, what are you going to do for the rest of the series? Like. What are your plans? Can you give us a roadmap? Because it seems like you can't even give us a roadmap to finish out Destiny 2 until now. But then again, that comes from one of those understanding uh, positions that a lot of things that people ask for that we're finally getting done is now just because the live team finally took over. It's because before that, were, the live team was not working on it. They were finishing up stuff in Destiny 1, and now we finally have the live team working on stuff, and it's fixing it now as opposed to then And because it, it takes time.
0: Yeah. So that'd be and, it and you have to do things to buy time well, yeah so that'd be it like I, I yeah thought, just what is your
1: direction to the series like and, wh-
0: and that doesn't i mean does that tie into how everything went wrong like would you would no you no because it's been that, it's been
1: pretty transparent about what's gone on so far I think, I, it, I think it's really extent, it's it really been a lot of missteps and a lot of kind of just fixing the actions they've made because they, they've done things like destiny one is obviously there in which the beta of destiny one was fantastic but the beta of destiny one is also literally just destiny one like uh um, the beta was the whole game the, that beta was pretty much the whole game at the beginning uh for like the first i think hour hour and a half whenever you come across the first fallen walker i think is where the beta ended yeah um but my whole thing with that is is that they they seem to be really, really receptive in which they have a problem, they fix it. It's just the time it takes for them to fix that problem. This makes me curious about the general direction of the series because we had three years of Destiny 1, we have, we're going to have three assum, uh, assumed years of Destiny 2, which leaves four years left for Destiny 3. What is their direction to go in and what are they going to take in with the, uh, in terms of uh, paying attention to care of the series by then? Because I would think that would be the end of Destiny. I feel like we're going to get a resolution of something happening. I, in terms of this story right now, it, let yeah. Let either
0: rest or die. Right. And, either way. In
1: terms of right now, it seems like the big picture that was the in credit scene of Destiny 2 is still not being addressed, which I'm not complaining about, but I, I'm curious about. So, that's it. I can it. see
0: that. I think, you know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, you think about that, too. And I actually think that that would be something I would have fun, too. So, that would be a cool inter- interview for me because I think one of the questions I'd want to kind of slip in there um, is – I'm trying to think of the way to say, you know, when you have this kind of backlash, you, I think I would slip in. You know, was there any kind of and, 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 whether this could be on the record or not? Was there any merit to the rumors that Activision or, or that Bungie may have been looking for, may have been looking at one point in time for an out? From the game I, I,
1: I'm pretty sure That's what it was Like I can't say uh, for, With certainty But so, like yeah, For people it, who
0: don't know Just so that there's context To what we're talking about There was a point in time Earlier this year Where there were rumors Going around that uh, Because Bungie got uh, A publishing deal With another company To be able to do more It's a Korean
1: company I uh, think
0: and, Yeah And what it came down to Is that people were Taking that and looking at it And going Are they trying to Move themselves out of Destiny 2 There were some reports Going on where people Were saying that uh, The team uh, Vicarious Visions uh, that made that would be taking over as the studio for Destiny moving forward. I don't trust them, with and that. <laughs> um, because they had already been working on the last two expansions, right? Because that was the that was the thought process. Again, no, none of this has ever been confirmed.
1: Yeah, um, I guarantee you though they can't give you an answer because some kind of contract they have.
0: Sure, but I mean, and even then, it would just be one of those things where. If I could, this is all dream anyway, right? Right. That, if this that, is information I could get. If Luke I could, get, could be just like,
1: well, who, who if knows? If I could get on a
0: thing where it's like a, a an NDA, right? Yeah. And I could say, hey, look, tell me this, and I can't tell anybody else. I just need to know. Uh, and I could do that. I would, I would love to know, because there's something about, I feel like I could actually understand. Definitely, you. I don't think you have. Have you ever got around to listening to. Um, nope. I don't know what the you're going to say. Yeah. Um, blood, sweat, and pixels. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and pixels. Dude, you should totally, if nothing else, just listen to the Destiny chapter. I think you would be. because Is that Drake, Jason's fan, book, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think because you're such a fan, you'd really.
1: Oh, no. I know I'd like it because I like, I like what when Jason reports stuff relative to Destiny. It's it's great. Well, yeah, but, but man,
0: it's such a weird inlook to all the problems with the first game and even going into the second game and all the problems with the shakeups of leaders that they had to do without that. And, and I think that's one of their and problems. They didn't even. And, you know, it's funny. I, until here in the book. I always said my criticism of Destiny is that it just felt like Bungie didn't know what to do so they fell back on Halo it, without it being Halo which is really in a lot of ways what Destiny was and they yeah. kind of just they stumbled into Destiny being what it was if you actually listen to the book in a way I don't want to ruin it for people who really it's a, it's a great I listened to it in audiobook it's a great listen if you can do that or if you just want to read it's a great read but going into what they were talking about you know is well, that, I don't, I don't,
1: if, it, if it's a book I do not want you to go in at all
0: I don't want to go any further than the fact that it was just literally they got out on their own and they thought that freedom was going to be this great thing. And then they realized that that freedom gave, they, they didn't realize how to rein in that freedom. I understand that. And it left them in a sense where they didn't know what to do. So it does seem like they fell into it. And I think that there's a reason why I would see destiny trying to get out from under it, because if they can distance themselves from it, they get away from all the negative karma they had around or not karma, you know, the energy that kind of came and, the negative fa- feedback that they got. Of course, they got a lot of love from it too. Yeah, so there's a very avid fan base, but also the fact that they would finally be really separating themselves from anything that was remotely similar to Destiny. I mean, yeah. to, to Halo.
1: Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, I, I, I don't even have a problem with it being re- like similar to Halo at all. I, I think Halo is Halo is one of my favorite franchises because and basically, too, the lore in both of these series are really, really, really cool when you take a look yeah. at it from a grander scale when you put it in the way of their storytelling though it's really
0: bad oh yeah their storytelling choices and that's are why very odd. like
1: if for those who, who are curious about the lore of destiny look into it like i mean really look into it whether it's the grimoire that you read online or the book that you buy because the lore of destiny is some of the coolest sci-fi stuff i've ever seen the way they just tell it though is bad like they're not good storytelling tellers they're good story makers yeah that's, and they had like a, a lore master co- a good... that
0: did all this stuff which was a cool idea uh but what, what i was wanting to add into the end of that is that you know it is funny because the other thing about this is that a lot of the people who were with bungie whenever bungie first uh, split off from microsoft and started on uh, destiny are now gone uh and it's funny people are saying that bungie's yep. not even the studio that it was no uh, and, I, and i think I, that's why it may even be better for them to move away from the first person shooter yeah uh, and it,
1: that, it's crazy too because all these people they dissolved at first when 343 made the merge because 343, a few a few people went from Bungie to 343, of course. And then now it's even less people. So it's like Bungie really isn't even a company at all that it used to be.
0: And that's why I think now more than ever it would be... More acceptable in terms of the way that people view them, and the way that now that they are still years away from Reach, which was their last official Halo game, and they've got you know all these like six years of Destiny will be under out of their way when they come to this. It wouldn't be that crazy to me for them to move away from it because now, considering that the pedigree that made them a first-person shooter studio powerhouse. Are gone now would be the time to experiment and do something different i mean and really yeah realistic. and that's a you thing i mean
1: that's a thing that is Destiny's a really good first person shooter it's oh, just and, and it the way is. the structure of the game works and the but it's not a story and that's Yeah,
0: good because they, it doesn't have the same stigma as behind being the halo studio now right right bungie is I, no longer the halo studio honestly
1: i think that yeah but it makes a good point that um maybe that's all they were good for
0: what Halo? No, yeah, or, just, or, or just, first. Person I would say, I would say, general.
1: sci-fi. The general kind of sci-fi first-person shooter.
0: Maybe so, man. And that's. Maybe and, so. I mean, it's
1: it's sad to say, but like that's the thing is that like in their prime they were of course Halo, and then even I would I still look back and have fond memories and fond experiences of Destiny One, but I mean even then it's just kind of like if you told your story of Destiny just as you did with Halo, it would be so much of a better game, and that's all I have to say about it. Thank you all. <laughs> For tuning in to episode seven. It's been a fun episode. Seventy. Uh, seven. Yeah, let's go back a couple months. Yeah, but it's uh, been a fun episode. It's one it one of those has, ones that ended up
0: being weirdly long, but it's I'm very okay with long. That almost
1: one AM here. Uh but thank you, Corey slash crash the animal, for the topic idea. Remember everybody that you can find timestamps and all of our links to our uh social media websites in the description below and uh, we have a special little giveaway coming up in oh so around maybe five episodes so keep keep an eye out for episode 75 as well as our twitter especially for those that like custom cases because (laughs) i think this is going to tickle your fancy a little bit
0: yeah so what we're doing uh and we're going to put it on twitter as well so uh but anybody listens to the show if you uh follow us on twitter and you see the custom cases and it's something you're interested in what we're basically going to do is kind of get a feel for how much um attention how much support i guess it'd be well let's
1: let's save it for episode
0: 75 boy we got to talk it out ourselves Well, no not the giveaway no no i know but i'm just saying let's talk patreon
1: thing i know i was gonna say i thought we were still gonna talk about that no we're okay
0: this this is very very basic but you know we've been discussing in a bunch of beginning of the episodes we keep talking about how we have a patreon which we we have a patreon and it's mainly there as a form of support for us right now we try and we try to find ways that we could not put anything behind a paywall that would be content. We're not necessarily against that in some form or another, but we didn't want to start that way and we're going to kind of adjust accordingly. But one thing we thought about doing is we've had a lot of attention because of the custom cases lately. Um, and I think if we can get enough, um, you know, attention and feedback from people uh, and enough interest in it, what we'd like to do I and mean, we will put this on Twitter, is see if we can get enough patrons, uh, then we will start uh, a $3 tier. Uh, right now we have a $1, 2 and a $5. we will start a $3 tier, and any $3 tier and above, uh, anybody who's on that patron tier will be entered for a chance to win a random custom case once per mo- uh, month, along with supporting the show and other things. We're also going to try and revamp them a little bit more than that. You do get Discord uh, color named. Again, it's just something to show that you support the show, and it's something cool. Uh, and we're still thinking about the things that we can do. That's kind of a preliminary thing, so we will put that on Twitter. We'll see what the feedback is on Twitter, uh, and if there's enough of an interest for it, then we will see uh, how that ends up working. But if that sounds like something that would be cool to you, then uh, make sure that you let us know. Until then, this has been Triangle Squared Episode 70, and we will see you next time. Thank you,
1: guys. And now here comes that awkward transition of Brett hitting stop. Ah.